Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pop Cult X, your go-to for all things pop culture from a Gen X point of view. It is December. It is cold out. It is um, a snowstorm behind me. I'm living inside my virtual world, which I am right now. So I can make it snow. I can make it sunny. Right now, it is snowy. Um, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate your continued support. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And with that, Gabe, how's it going? What's on your, um, in your window, I guess, so to speak, into the pop cold world this week? Right. So since we last talked, I think there's been a couple things that everyone's been discussing. Uh, First, uh, everyone hates Balenciaga, right? They're canceled. They're (laughs) debacle. The advertising this week, everyone was cutting up their shoes and lighting their stuff on fire. Fortunately, I don't have anything, you know, or Balenciaga, I don't think really comes in like double XL. So I don't have to worry about buying or not buying or endorsing <laughs> them. So uh, that was one thing that was really big. If Is it really even big though? Because I, I've heard of the brand Balenciaga, but yeah. I don't know the controversy with them because I try to stay out of that, I guess, yeah. on purpose. So I won't make you get into it too much, but just give us and our viewers maybe a, a brief overview of why they're canceled. So I think, so if we're going to take like the middle road of like not extreme in either way, because there's a couple different camps. One camp is that they're like the most evil thing that's ever happened to the world since, you know, <laughs> Satan existed. The okay. other camp is like, oh, they're the smartest of fashion and not a big deal. I think the majority of people tend to be in the middle of the ads were really creepy. They were trying to be provocative i think um and they 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 didn't hit the mark they were using children um in an ad campaign in a really inappropriate way with teddy bear doll purses that have like bondage and alcohol posed around them in a room um and then they released another ad campaign that had um documents related to the supreme court decision on uh, um i don't know if i want to say it out loud because then i think we could get in trouble on youtube but related to um things that you're not supposed to do with children and Mm -hmm. things of that nature and so uh it definitely was horrible the ad campaign is just like a bomb it totally it's been a shit storm uh, Balenciaga is blaming the people that do their the ad campaign. The ad campaign people are like, uh, you're crazy. You are on set. You approved everything. You, <laughs> of course, uh, a fashion line is going to be watching every little thing. Um, mm-hmm. The photographer is like, hey, I only show up and light the shit and take a picture. So everyone's trying to like cop out of like who's really responsible. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. interesting from, you know, us being, both being photographers that the photographer is sort of like not taking responsibility and being like, I have nothing to do with it. Um, if he would have shown up and let's say they really wanted to take it far and something really extreme as an individual, you have the right to say, I don't want mm-hmm. to do this job. This yep. is too much for me. So I call bullshit on him for that. <laughs> uh, I call bullshit on on Balenciaga because you know that they knew. Uh, and I, I I think that the ad campaign people, whatever the people are doing, they need to accept their role in it as yeah. well. They, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, so that's kind of what it is. Everyone, okay. is like, we're over it. We don't like their clothes. I'm not a fan of 
the recent iterations of Balenciaga. They're obviously a fashion line that's existed for quite some mm-hmm. time with really elegant looks. The most recent iterations are, are the head designer, I believe his name is Demna. He's like a best friend with uh, Kanye West. Um, very supposedly avant-garde, like really weird fashions that almost make you look like you're homeless. The models walk in the runway in a very awkward distinctive style very dystopian future very weird um so that's where it's at like i i i I don't have anything to cut up when it comes to designer clothing so i don't have to worry about it i'm pretty sure uh you're in the same boat yeah it doesn't really impact me outside of the fact that can't even be i would never wear a force even if they were attractive which they weren't so um so that that's that. So okay. uh, that was one of the things that was the, the topic du jour of, of people discussing things last night. Speaking of Kanye West, um, he has also still still been on the minds of many uh, a, a podcast hosts. Um, he's kind of making his rounds still um, talking about Jews and um, how much he loves them hates them i don't know um he did clarify though and says that he loves jews um but he also loves hitler so yeah exactly so um (laughs) i I don't listen to his music so again i'm not going to be fake and say i'm never going to listen to him again i never did listen to him i i can maybe name one or two songs of his i'm not a fan i don't think he's a genius Mm -hmm. uh i think that right now we are seeing a bit of hypocrisy with people that you know condemn him for saying some things but haven't condemned other people for saying things against other people uh there are people that are protecting him that would be outraged if their group was being talked about the way he's talking about jewish people so it's a lot of bullshit all the way around um when it comes to that world of music sort of like fashion um it's a lot of uh, the emperor has, you know, is wearing no clothes to me. Yeah. Once someone gets a certain level of popularity, everyone, oh, you're a genius. We love it. We love it. Uh, and then when there's a controversy, some people turn their back on them. Some people will continue to be supporters. But it's it, it's still like it, it. I don't know. Is he really a genius? Was he ever a genius? I don't think so. Um, but that's what people were talking about. Um, I think uh, just to go along with that real quick, and you said hypocrisy, and it made me think, so Britney Spears shaved her head, and they put her in a conservative ship, right? So if Britney Spears had done anything that what he's done, what would they have done to her? Yeah, absolutely. I think the difference being, to be honest, is that um, her family, or specifically maybe her father, had more to gain by mm-hmm. okay. by keeping her in like a childlike role and like making her get out there and shake her ass and continue. <laughs> Whereas gotcha. um, I don't know if Kanye has, I know he has a father. I don't know if he has siblings. His mother famously had passed away uh, from complications of liposuction, um, which is really interesting considering his stance on like anti-obesity, um, talking about Lizzo, but yet like, his mom died actually trying to get liposuction and like mm-hmm. buying into that whole anti-fat idea. Uh, there's a whole, I mean, as a psychologist, I'm sure there are people that are just like frothing at the mouth, like uh, trying to dissect what's going on in his life and, yeah. um, and, and understand all the things that, that are coming out of his mouth and his disorders, his, you know, mental health or illness, however you want to look at it. Um, 
I, I, that's kind of as much as I want to really talk about it. (laughs) Um, The other thing that that people were talking about is um, Kirstie Elliott died. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that that's pretty much all I want to say about that. Number Um, two. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really a fan of her, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, What were the other things? Balenciaga, Kanye West, Kirstie Alley, Wednesday Adams, still being like the top um, spot on on Netflix. I think it's like globally. yeah. streaming show like mm-hmm. around the world like it has mm-hmm. like the most hours of streaming or watching than like pretty much i think there was one other show that it might have tied with um but basically nearing the very top of like success so um i believe they already announced that they might be bringing it back which i'm really excited for um i love jenny ortega i love what yeah. they did um so there was that um yes. and there was one other thing that is Mm, not on my mind anymore that I'm <laughs> oh the guardians so- of the galaxy last thing as i was coming to coming home uh gal the guardians of the galaxy released their new trailer on youtube uh, and we got a sneak peek of maybe like rocket's life before guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. um so that's a really cool thing because he's probably one of my favorite after gamora favorite character uh, in the guardians of the galaxy. So lots of people talking about that stuff to look forward to. um, But that's like my week in pop culture uh, in like rapid fire. (laughs) (laughs) That that trailer for guardians of the galaxy was so well edited and so well put together that it just, it, I wanted to see it right away. It was just like very powerful moving. You could see the emotions. And I think James Gunn is, um, way of putting it like one final time you know like so one last ride or something like that and it was just really cool and did you watch the um guardians of the galaxy holiday special i haven't i haven't watched it. oh okay it's fun it's it's it's, it's enjoyable we'll get to see more of drax and mantis okay. and i won't spoil it with you but I, I don't know if it's canon um in the comic books or not but mantis's and peter quill's relationship status so i'm not Okay, well, they, they they make a kind of a big announcement in that movie, so I'll let you watch it before I tell you. Um, huh. You'll see. <laughs> I'll let you watch it and discover it yourself. But it's it's really cool. I watched that, then a couple of days later, the trailer came out, and I was like, wow. And yeah, seeing that home planet of the talking animals and hinting to where Rocket's from, it was just so cool. It was yeah. funny and cool and everything you expect from a James Gunn film. Yeah. So. I'm really excited for that. I know James Gunn, as the new head of or co-head of the DC Studios, made some announcements today or recently about they have a vision of where they're taking the DC movie franchises. So I'm excited for that just because I don't know too much beyond Batman and, you know, the major characters. So I'm excited to see them because, you know, James Gunn is really known for bringing in the lesser known characters and promoting them up to higher levels, like Peacemaker, Guardians of the Galaxy, if you will. And I'm excited for where he's going to take that. Yeah, um, I think that if it, if DC were at the, the level of where MCU is, I would be excited to see like D-list, C-list characters. But I haven't I haven't got a lot from my like A-list characters yet in order mm-hmm. for me to be satisfied. Like I would still like to see a really good Green Lantern film. Um, mm-hmm. maybe Kyle Rayner or um John Stewart. I think it's John Stewart, right? John Stewart. Yeah, um, John Stewart, yeah. Versus like the um who was the Canadian that played Green Lantern? 
Ryan Reynolds. Like that version <laughs> of Green Lantern. Like let's uh-huh. let's go. It would be cool, like if we could get uh, the the Latino version of Green Lantern. Um, I know that we're going to be hopefully fingers crossed seeing the Blue Beetle. Um, yeah, fairly soon. Uh, I know that their uh, comic Green uh, Blue Beetle Graduation Day just came out last week. I think um, I picked it up. I haven't had a chance to read it. I'm really excited to see that on um, on screen, whether it be on television or the big screen. Uh, but there is a lot of like A-list characters that I'm still wish that we could get more of. Like I would like to see more of Hawkman. Um, Mar- uh, the Martian Manhunter would be really cool to see um on the big screen so before they start going into like really obscure <laughs> things i think it'd be nice for them to be able to give us like what we want i don't know but that that's you know whatever i'll be happy with whatever they put out to be honest i'll be <laughs> well at least at least i i'm i'm confident in i have confidence in their um what you call it, their management upper management now yeah. as opposed to before so that's yeah. good yeah. So um, so th- there was my little fast, you know, uh, spiel about what happened. What have you been watching or listening to? Well, I watched trailers. I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. I saw the new Indiana Jones 5 trailer, which looks kind of fun. Also, I'm not sure. Are you a fan of the Indiana, Indiana Jones franchise? No. I'm okay. actually surprised as much as you know about me that you wouldn't know that I hate Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, that's true. I guess I could have should have figured that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know maybe he likes Harrison Ford. I don't know. He's not on this. I don't know. It's it. I, I don't hate Indiana Jones. Let me put it that way. Um, I'm not like a big fan of Harrison Ford, and I'm not a huge fan of Indiana Jones. I like the ride at Disneyland. Um, That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked the. I like. I did like the one with uh, Sean Connery of when he course, played his yeah. father. Mm-hmm. That one was really great. But I I didn't I, I I don't know like I didn't grow up watching it and it being that just like wasn't what I was into when I was a kid so I don't have the emotional connection to that character like a lot of other people do. Um, okay. Hopefully, I, I haven't seen the trailer, but I've heard. Do they have like scenes with him where they de-aged him? I heard that it looks. Yeah. Kind of weird. It they I, they did show a brief glimpse of it. They de-aged him, and I thought it looked good. Even oh, in this, yeah, in the stills, it looked it looked pretty good. The the CGI tech for that has come a long way. Oh, nice. Really, yes. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I I did my homework for anyone out there who who saw last episode or watched last episode or listened to last episode knows what I'm talking about. So Gabe challenged me to watch Neon Demon 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 Neon <laughs> Demon. Turning it fancy. <laughs> yes, I'm putting it fancy, and I did watch it, and it was. Quite interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, I I I then I did go back, like you said, and listen to our previous interview with Ed Luce about um what his theory was on the movie. And I could totally see what he was talking about. And now that we both seen it, we could say, of course, he thought it was a coven of witches mm-hmm. of the three models, well, two models and the makeup artist. Yeah. And I can kind of see that. I can kind of get why he would think that. But yeah. from the very beginning of the movie, I was a little bit put off as a photographer watching yeah. it and seeing the photographer clear the room, clear the set, and then put his hands on the model to put like gold paint all over her. Yeah. So that kind of right there, I was like, oh, that just kind of like grossed me out. 
Yeah. So just to rewind a little bit in case <laughs> our viewers haven't actually seen the movie, um, Neon Demon is about a, a young woman that goes mm-hmm. to LA to enter the fashion world. Um, she is almost oddly captivating. People are just really drawn to her um, mm-hmm. and uh, almost like an otherworldly attraction to her. Um, mixture of like her innocence. She's only 17, I think, when she comes, right? Um, so about she's 16, young, about to be 17, yeah. 16, 17. Um, so she's like a really young girl. Um, and the fashion industry sort of devours her in a sense. So that's sort of the plot it is these, you know, not so nice people that, you know, are sharks within the mm-hmm. industry that you know, maybe take advantage of a young model um, who is possibly naive, maybe not, maybe she's knows exactly what she's doing. But um, so anyway, that's for for the the listeners who have not seen it. Um, so as you were saying that, you you know, some of the shots or some of the the um, the plot made you feel uncomfortable because they have a scene where she goes for a test shot with mm-hmm. a very famous photographer. He's captivated by her, but he's like, take off your clothes. Yeah. And then excuses everyone from the set, which is like a really weird thing to do mm-hmm. because you want hair <laughs> you want wardrobe to be there to assist. Like the lights go off. It's it's a very eerie scene. Um, and he starts painting her body gold, like with his own hands. Mm-hmm. And then they take pictures. She has a positive reaction to it. She says, like, oh, it was great experience. Yeah, yeah she does. Like, we're gonna yeah. get these great shots. The makeup artist, who is her friend, is like, don't ever let that happen. If that happens again, I'm here to protect you. Uh, but that friend might be a wolf in sheep clothing. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the end of she in sheep's clothing. Definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of parallels of of like what happened to Balenciaga, I think, or like what people are accusing them of to this movie. Yeah, um, I think true. that that I don't know. People have a certain level of expectation that that certain industries have ethics. Um, <laughs> which I think is weird. Okay, because, yeah. Like it's a fashion. In, it's the fashion industry. Like mm-hmm. they care about fashion. They're not necessarily like here to be role models. They're not here to. Um, well, they're there to sell stuff mainly, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and so it is weird that people look to them to be like arbiters of of like what is right um mm-hmm. or i don't know it, you should just look at the clothes and what you want to buy and speak with your dollar um this definitely is one of those movies where it's like is the industry filled with people who are evil who are witches who will literally like destroy you in order to move forward with their career if they're jealous if they're envious uh, it's a really interesting idea. I think yeah. it, it, I I think that it's it's more of a metaphor for the fashion industry. Whereas, <laughs> unfortunately, there's people who actually think that it's that that the movie is being literal. That like the industry is literally filled with like satanic evil. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like eat babies and want to groom people to be victims. I'm sure there is that because. The fashion industry is full of people that exist within all industries. Uh, but I think that it's more of a metaphorical thing of like, they love you when you're young, you're new, you're fresh. They're drawn to that that innocence. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but you only, you can only maintain that innocence for so long because once you become part of that machine, you become jaded, you're used, you become cynical, and then you're like the rest of them. And then, oh, it's been a month. We're looking for the next youth. Exactly. Yeah. Face, fresh-faced ingenue. So um, very I think, interesting film. Uh, I go think ahead. The, the, um, the industry chewing you up and spitting you out played out perfectly at the end of that movie yeah yeah it it was really brutal and in the uh an extreme in the depictions of uh the you know spoiler alert the it's been out for forever so i don't think anyone's gonna be it's been out for five six years but (laughs) um at one point her makeup artist friend betrays her and they kill her and the models eat her in order to become more successful within the modeling agency or modeling world. It instantly works. They somehow mm-hmm. like gain her charisma <laughs> and um, the, her ability to attract people, except one of the models can't handle it and kills herself because like she can't deal with the fact that she destroyed this young girl. Whereas the other models like, okay, I'm good. Let's, let's take some good shots. <laughs> and she eats the eyeball that the other models threw up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's, I don't know. I, I did find it very fascinating. Some people think that it's a little extreme in the depictions of like the necrophilia was a really mm, odd, odd choice there. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you have to be extreme in order to get your point across and, and, and make people feel uncomfortable. Um, I think that there's with, with the whole ad campaign with Balenciaga, there is a lot of outside of, the essay or grooming aspect of what they're doing that the the other side topic of that is for me is what is attractive or what is art? Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there have been instances where like you may have shot someone that their aesthetic is more on an extreme side or uh, maybe they like dark images like yeah. leather or uh, they want to incorporate things that are like bondage inspired. Um, so like sort of aspects of like Balenciaga's style, but unfortunately because of the backlash of what they did and how the level that they took it, people are now looking at some of the artists that, that Balenciaga works with. And I have to be honest in like, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this in public, but like some of the artists that they're referencing I actually have liked like Matthew Barney is one of the the artists that that his book is in the background of one of their ads and the people that are against this ad campaign is like oh look at this artist that they're promoting he has very disturbing imagery I don't necessarily think just saying someone has disturbing imagery makes them a bad person yeah um, it 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 could be provocative and it could make you feel something I think that that um if, if you don't have a reaction for, from someone by viewing your art, whether it be negative or positive, that's like where you don't want to be, right? When someone is just indifferent. That's true. That's like <laughs> the worst thing. Like yeah. you want someone to either hate you or love you, um, but you don't want them to be like, Ugh, yeah. like whatever. Um, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that mainstream America or mainstream people, because this is a an issue that the whole world is sort of de- dealing with, is used to that idea. They're like used to art being pretty things like they want to see like pretty flowers. They want to see uh, smiling faces. 
or they want to see things that are just bright and lovely and yeah. you know uplifting I, I'm not like I, I do some of that type of work, but I also do some of the work that people could consider like more on uh, an alternative or or like darker side. Um, I also like shooting that. So that's one of the things that I'm a little bit cautious with when people are condemning like all these fashion people and saying like, oh, these artists are horrible. Like they have like pictures of like people with blood on them. And I'm like, OK, well, that in itself is not bad to me. Yeah. Um, like involving children, yes, anything outside of that, like I'm not about it's to like games after them <laughs> torches. Like they're mm-hmm. adults, the models are adults, the models are consenting, the artists are consenting. I don't see a problem with it. But yeah, um, I think Neon Demon is actually like a really good example of that, of how um some of the imagery was really extreme, but like it mm-hmm. really hit the message home. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, you understand what the, that director mm-hmm. was trying to say. And um, and it, it is at certain points a very beautiful movie. They have shots in there that with like the neon lights and the colors that are just yeah. beyond captivating. And like that's what I was gonna talk about. Yeah, it's very visually striking, especially yeah. the use of lights from the cinematographer who create especially the, the scene where they're like at a party after a shoot or whatnot and they're watching a performance and they it's all dark but then you see the actors lit up and that's all you see on screen is that and yeah. it's just just them and i thought that was just visually very appealing to me and very striking yeah yeah i i, I love the visuals i mean even the dark visuals of like one mm. of the models eating the eyeball it's gruesome you don't want to see it but like, <laughs> it it it, it you know, it exemplifies like that person that is ruthless and cutthroat in the industry. Doing anything to get ahead. Yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and like we all know those kind of people. And so mm-hmm. like they would do that if they could. If that was a thing, they would do it. And, <laughs> um, I'm not like a superstitious person. So I don't think that like the fashion industry is actually full of like witches, yeah. but it's a fun movie to watch and and maybe um discuss that you know the possibilities of something like that occurring but um, i'm glad you're able to watch it overall would you say that it's like a good movie or you would recommend it or it's a very artsy movie i'll say that i wouldn't recommend it to people who who i don't think would understand it or appreciate it like i wouldn't go tell my mom hey go watch this movie because i don't think she'd appreciate the visuals of it or even the metaphor of what it's trying to convey but people within our realm, in our circle of, you know, photography or fashion or something like that, I say, yeah, go watch it. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, that you wouldn't have your mom watch it. And I think that I constantly remind myself that I don't have the same upbringing or the same perspective <laughs> as other people. As odd as it sounds of me being, you know, a middle-aged man, having to remind myself that I don't have the same life experience Um, I think that I was fortunate in the sense that like I did grow up with like my mom reading and Sexton poetry. Um, If you don't know her, like you have to check her out. But um, or like taking me to a Frida Kahlo exhibit where, you know, you have blood and guts and, you know, Frida Kahlo doing, you know, self portraits of her bodily body being mutilated. And, And, you know, someone could say like you shouldn't take a child you know a young person to go see that but it didn't disturb me um because it's the emotion that frida mm-hmm. was trying to explain by mm-hmm. showing those things mm-hmm. and sometimes you can't do that with words and sexton did it with words but frida did it with painting and yeah 
Um, and so I think I mean, that's I, great, actually. I think that's great because it is emotionally opening and eye opening for you, as I'm not sure how young you were, but yeah. it just to be able to know that it beyond your I guess there's two realms of thoughts, right? So there's a realm of thought you want to keep a child as innocent as possible for as long as possible and not do anything to burst that bubble, right? Yeah. There's also the other thought of, you know what, the world's not a kind place. Let's let them know that beyond this comfort of their sofa or wherever, <laughs> there, there is a, a bigger world out there that you can find joy and comfort in, but it's not just going to be this small little box. Yeah. Well, and the ironic part is that religiously, I was from kindergarten through high school, I was in a private Catholic school. So I want one could argue that they were very conservative when it came to that. But when it came to arts and culture, they're very open and allowing mm-hmm. me to explore different cultures and seeing different artists and, you know, never really once saying like, oh, this is too. I mean, I wasn't looking at pornography, but I was certainly going to museums and seeing, you know, things that that, you know, now today, there are a lot of parents that probably wouldn't let people even look at like David's Michelangelo or mm. look at a Frida Kahlo nude or uh, things that to me, I'm like, it's kind of crazy. It's like, it's a human body. Right. Not have a right. mirror. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to hide them from the things that are like, it's so, it's so odd. It like, and, and though, and, but on the flip side of that, they want to, they encourage them to be into like gun culture and destructiveness and violence. And, Mm -hmm. and then, so it's just a weird thing. Like art art world is not destroying (laughs) anyone. It's other things that people are not focusing on. That's really destroying young people. Um, Hopefully Mm -hmm. we can, you know, people will start to realize that, but um, subjecting your kids to art is not going to, you know, destroy that. <laughs> no, I agree completely. <laughs> the more art, the better. I mean, it's a more rounded kid. You can't just like, okay, here's your M16. Go play outside. Yeah. Well, like what, what, uh, and then I'll drop this subject, but what, what I'm curious is like, let's say you're a very conservative Christian person. Like, what do you describe as art? Like, who's an artist? Like mm. Norman Rockwell, like someone who painted like, Mm-hmm. 1950s america like mm-hmm. um what to you would be considered art, like an appropriate form of art like what right. is with all the banning of books that they're doing what what book do you outside of the bible what book are you letting your kids <laughs> read what are you a good point to read i what mean you can't even say go look at like renaissance painters because they famously have nudes in there and whatnot and i don't know yeah, it, it's really, it's really, really weird the times that we live in, um, yeah. and not for the reasons that like the conspiracy theorists people think that like oh lizard people are trying to. Eat <laughs> it. It's it's weird because um, people are pretending to protect people, but really like destroying them in other ways by glorifying mm-hmm. violence and hatred and racism and homophobia and transphobia. But um, that's a topic yeah. for another day. Uh, <laughs> what other movies did you watch outside of well, um so you know the re- this year actually especially there's been a lot of reboots and requels and re-ups to like hocus pocus 2 matrix 4 was that even this year i don't call, recall but and other movies of that ilk so they did i didn't even know they were making this one 
and I don't think anyone asked for it. I think it's based on a book as well. Um, a Christmas story, the, you know, the kind of racist toned Christmas movie that plays all day on Christmas day, every year. Yeah. Um, they made a sequel to that starring Peter Billingsley, who played the young boy, the main character in the first movie. Now he's what, 30 years older. So it takes place in like 1973. And of all those reboots and requels, this one was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was, to me, it was heartfelt. It had, it was endearing the character. I got invested with the character in his life. He, he became like a writer um, or trying to become a writer. So he's wrote a manuscript, tried to get it published, gets rejected. He's about to give up. He has to go back to his hometown because an, an event that happens, I won't spoil it for anyone, but an event happens. So he has to go back to his hometown and it just tells the story of him and his family now and just what they go through. It was funny. I enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Why not? Is it, I mean, is it Christmas based where you think that this will be a Christmas classic as well? Yeah, I think, I think you could, once it comes out or next year, you could play back to back the first one, then the sequel repeat first one, sequel, first one, sequel. It's, yeah. it looks really that good. And they, they tied it in really well. They use clips of the original, they use audio sound bites from the original movie where it just weaved this, um, story that just really made me care about it which i think is hard to do on a reboot like i really didn't care about hocus pocus 2 matrix 4 was you know kind of left some me wondering about things yeah. <laughs> um but this one really got me invested in it and i i don't know i grew up watching the original movie so maybe that's why so it's always you know been burned in the back of my head that this is a great movie it's apart from especially like the ending scenes at the Chinese restaurant. But apart from that, it really, and this one really felt like a Christmas movie. So I enjoyed it. So I haven't seen it. So what I want to do is play like a little game of, I'm going to say what the main characters, what happened to them. And you let me know if, if I'm accurately predicting what became. Okay. Of the <laughs> so, Let's play this game. <laughs> first off is the dad. In my in my mind, the dad died of alcoholism and he's dead. Um, they don't say what he passed away from. Okay. Um, that was the event that drew him back. So spoiler. <laughs> okay, so mom is glad that dad died because he was an alcoholic, and she's <laughs> taking community college uh, community college classes at the local community college, and has been reinvigorated by studying feminism and is writing her own poetry <laughs> not quite <laughs> okay. but the opposite seems like she's kind of um a little more introverted than that okay so i'm over two so the next character <laughs> would be ralphie um, uh -huh. i think that he takes his obsession with rifles and guns to the next level and works for the nra Oprah three. <laughs> oh, he, he's the main character. And if, if you've seen the original movie, you know, he has a very vivid imagination. Yeah. Right. So he imagines all these things happening with like the robbers and everything. So he that plays out in the sequel with his imagination as well. But he becomes a writer. So it makes sense that someone with that vivid imagination becomes a, a writer. For the NRA. 
No. <laughs> Damn it. They don't mention guns at all. So, so my last chance here is the little boy. Um, so the from what I remember, the mom was like forcing him to eat his mashed potatoes like a little <laughs> Well, I'm going to guess that he beca- became an uh, unhealthy eater and is like maybe morbidly obese and lives in the basement of their house. And <laughs> No, <laughs> you need to watch the movie. <laughs> Close. He becomes this very successful businessman um, globe trotting around the world. That was my second choice. That was your second choice. <laughs> <laughs> now, on joking aside, I, I think that I probably will be watching that very soon. Um, that's, I mean, it's odd how much everyone in the United States, they think, has seen that movie. The mm-hmm. original, like, it literally plays 24 hours a day on TBS mm-hmm. Christmas. Mm-hmm. It it always ends up being played, you know, while things are happening. People are sitting down watching it while like your food's digesting or like while you're opening up. <laughs> um, so it probably is like I would say the number one classic Christmas movie, like more so than you know, Miracle on 34th Street or uh White Christmas or any of those it's other a wonderful life. Yeah, like I think those are really well done, like really well-made movies. But when's the last time you think that like young people have actually watched those movies? Whereas mm-hmm. like I think everyone has watched Christmas Story. Yeah, I agree like, with that. Last Christmas they watched it. <laughs> so, um, I think that it definitely has to be like the number one. Maybe Home Alone now that it like Home Alone is also right up there with like a classic uh, where everyone watches it every year. You know what we should do? We should we should poll our fans and ask them what their top five Christmas movies are. And the next episode, we can come back and and just give like a a David Letterman top 10 countdown of the best Christmas movies or something like that. Sure. Let's do it. So if you're listening or watching us on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, or if this clip is being played on any of our social media, um, please send us a list of your top five movies that you like to watch every Christmas. It could be anything that you want. It could be Gremlins. It could be Home Alone. Ooh, Gremlins, yeah. Um, it, it could be, be anti-Christmas Krampus. movies. Krampus, or... Um, it could be Krampus, yeah. Any 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 movie that defines Christmas for you, that you like watching every year on Christmas, we will compile the results and share it next week with uh, with all of you guys uh, and sharing some of our favorite Christmas movies or maybe even anti-Christmas movies if you're not a big fan of Christmas. Yeah. Die Hard, right? <laughs> Die Hard. Gr- I, I think Gremlins is Gremlins, on, yeah. to on top of my list. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so let's do that. Uh, and anything else that, that you had watched that you want to talk about? Or mm, not this week. No. <laughs> um, is New Comic Book Wednesday? Are you headed to the local comic book shop in Las Vegas? And is there anything special that you're looking for picking up? Uh, yes, a couple things. Um, the Batman 130 by Chip Sardaski, the final failsafe arc story concludes. Um, Daredevil coming out, new issue of that. New issue of The Ones is coming out. A uh, new issue of, or the last issue of the Night of the Ghouls is coming out. So those are ones I'm probably going to be picking up. Um, thanks to you, it's becoming an expensive habit. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's just fantastic. Um, 
look for maybe possibly next episode we're going might have a special guest interview for y'all um with a co-associate i guess or co-creator of someone who we've already had on the show so i'm just going to tease that a little bit go look up philadelphia or um nita ha's nightmare blog or soon to be released blackula next year and maybe you can guess who we're talking about yeah yeah absolutely i'm really excited for this you know, mysterious guests that we're about to have. <laughs> uh, I, that's what I'm actually going to be looking for is some back issues of Philadelphia. I've seen um, some covers that are just amazing. Not only do yeah. I want to do the story, but um, I'm a big fan of the cover art and also mm-hmm. the art inside of the actual book itself. But uh, some really cool art um, that I want to own and keep in my collection. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, uh, a lot of exciting stuff. So um, we will be back next week with a very special guest uh, that we'll, we'll be discussing some really cool stuff with. Um, so make sure you uh, stay tuned, like and subscribe and share and do all of the rest of that stuff. Um, we are on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, what's the new one that you're on? Uh, Mastodon or something Mastodon, like that. Yeah. All of, all of, we're on all of this stuff. So um, hit us up. Let us know what your favorite Christmas movies are, questions for mysterious guests. Um, and we'll, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks, everyone.